finger on that page at the moment, we're going to come back to it. Or you may want to put a ribbon in the page, or virtually bookmark it. I don't know how things work nowadays. Or screenshot it. But first of all, I actually want to bless someone with a gift. Um, I know this seems a little bit of a surprise to most people. Um, I want to give away a book that I read. It's called Destined to Win, and it's by one of the lead pastors at Bethel Church called Chris Valentin. It's a new book. Um, to echo my good friend Lekan, does anyone have a birthday coming up this week? Birthday, anyone birthday or next week or the week after? Or know anyone who has a birthday? Do we have birthday? Elaine, I saw that hand first. Who's, who's birthday? Yeah. Is it yours? This is yours then. <laughs> oh, I've fallen out. It's all good. <laughs> to those who, hang on, let me just sort myself out. I'm all good, all good. Can you still hear me? Okay, cool. So that was the first thing. <laughs> bit of a shock to most people. Um, okay, now the admin pit's over. Let me just give you a bit of a recap. Um, last time I spoke was at Chloe's baptism, if you'll remember. Does everyone remember what I spoke about? No, no, I told you. First thing I told you was to remember what I spoke about, and you all forgot, but it's, <laughs> it's okay. I spoke about trust the great journey, but I didn't realize that I was actually preaching to myself then, because I've been through such a mixed season, um, but I feel that God has remained so faithful throughout. We just want to bring up the slide. This is what I'm speaking about, but as some of you may or not know, I became an uncle, and this is my, this is my niece. Her name's Zeta Rose, and um, I found that she was born quite late one night. <laughs> I woke up and I saw it, but, the, but I kid you not, the first thing that happened was that I had this encounter with God. It, it, was, it was such, it was a weird thing to explain, but it, it was such a, it was like heaven literally opened, and oh, I, I just felt everything just hit me. All, all I could do was praise God and praise God and praise God, because um, my sister had a really bad birth, as in she almost died giving birth to my niece, so that's what I'm thankful for, that everyone's okay. But we read in Exodus, the book that I told you to bookmark, screenshot, etc., etc., that um, Moses had an encounter with God. But in today's reading, we're reading the bit before Moses had the encounter. So let's read Exodus 33, starting at verse 12. If you're reading out the NIV Bible, the bit before says, Moses and the glory of God. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people but you have not let know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me? And with your people, unless you go with us, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now, show me your glory. And Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, 
and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence, and I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion from whom I have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Right in this talk, I was in kind of two minds of what I wanted to talk to about. I don't know if you get this, like you want to talk on something, but then God wants you to say something completely different. What I first started out with was the talk title, Honest Offerings. So this was my idea that I would take it from John 3.16, you know, the, the famous verse, for God so loved the world that he gave himself his only... Yeah, that's the one. Um, and what I was going to talk about is that all we have to do is receive the offering of Jesus. But God had different ideas on what this church needed to hear. It wasn't until... I had this reoccurring thought that I could only put down to God that I was to preach on something else. What really cemented this idea was a book that I read. It's called Everyday Supernatural, and it's by lead pastors of Soul Survivor, Mike Pilavachi and Andy Croft. It's about the glory of God, with this whole notion of the glory of God. Now, the glory of God is such a vast thing that I could speak maybe two hours on it, but I know, looking at the clock, we don't have two hours, so I'll try and keep it between about 20 and 25 minutes. But let's just see where God wants to take me, and I know in that time I may not touch on everything to do about the glory of God. I find myself having these two lists. You have your miracle list and your, hey, God, it would be nice if I could have list. Let me give you an example. So on your miracle list, this is your big things. These are your breakthroughs. These are your breakthrough in addiction, your breakthrough in marriage, physical healing, mental healing, anxiety, depression. And then you have your God unlike it if list. For example, let not today drag or let no one fall asleep in this service. Amen? Amen. So... <laughs> But sometimes what I feel like is that God's listening to my God I, I would like list instead of listening to my miracle list, instead of listening to my big thing list. It doesn't mean that God doesn't hear everything because it says in the Bible that he does. Like we sang a song today that God is our firm foundation. Like why would we build anything if it's not on solid ground? But, and it's also written in the Bible it's written in the thing that we preach on, the thing that we read, that God hears everything. But that still doesn't stop me questioning the glory of God. In my desperate situations, I find myself just sometimes in my bed, I look up to the sky and I'm like, God, where are you? God, can't you hear me? God, where is your glory? Show me your glory. Use me for your glory. It's times like this when I'm, I'm in tears. I'm literally crying to God to be like, God, you've heard all my things, but you're not doing anything. God, where are you? But in the story of Exodus, we see Moses asking for the same thing, asking God for guidance in his glory. Let's look deeper into God's word. To understand fully the passage that I just read, we need to know, A, the context, and then B, the setting. We find Moses after the great evacuation of Egypt. You have Moses, what a guy, love Moses. 
You have Aaron, another legend, love him. And then you have the Israelites. Well, they're a bit, yeah, they're a bit weak as Walter, to be honest. Um, God was so good, like so, so good. But the Israelites, they're a bit of a disappointment. I say this because God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. You might know them, you might have like a little bookmark of them. And the second commandment, this is Exodus 23, says this, you shall have no other gods before me. But, well, we hear from the Bible that the Israelites, well, in Exodus 32, 8, it says this, they have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. <sighs> These people, they saw God's glory so physical and they still had no faith. We sometimes, we sometimes say like the non-Christian thing or like, oh, I don't know God, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but to be honest, we haven't seen God physically. So some things of what we do are in no comparison in what some of the Israelites did. But then we had Moses. Moses had full faith in God, and he had the support from Aaron. And in our main, but it's still in our main passage, we see Moses struggling. So that's our base context. That's, that's where we find ourselves. And now we come to the setting. Our setting is the first sole survivor. Okay, that would be quite funny if, if anyone knew what, what I'm talking about. So let me explain. So the first soul survivor, if you read the passage before the passage that I, just, that I just read, it says the tent of meeting. Moses took a tent, he pitches it about a mile away to uh, meet with God. The first soul survivor, encountering God in a tent. Okay, some people get it, some people don't. If you don't know about soul survivor, I encourage you to read up on it. Great organization. But let's look at uh, verses 10 of Exodus 33. And it reads this, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of the tent. There was a physical showing of God. And what's the first thing that the Israelites do? They worship. These are the idol worshippers that we see. It's for them that they need this physical showing. For us, I feel sometimes we forget to worship God for the things he has done spiritually. From our reading prior, we can summarize this conversation that God has to Moses in three points. I chose three for a meaning, because number one, three is easy to remember, and number two, three is meant to be funny, but I'm not going for the funny part, I'm going for the remembering part, but you get my point. So here's our three points. We have questioning Moses, answering God, but, yes, but's, that's the thing. <laughs> Just hang on, hang on with me. So let's come to questioning Moses. I love Moses. I feel Moses loves me back. But Moses is in a bit of bother that he doesn't really know where to go, so he turns his eyes upon God. God wanted Moses to lead this nation, and Moses was like, hmm, hmm, I got him out, but I don't really know where to go now. He solely wants to lead in God's glory, a prayer that I'm sure we can all relate to. 
the end of verse 13 says this, nation is your people. This nation is your people. Moses simply sees himself as an instrument that God plays a symphony from. Moses' ultimate question is, show me your glory. I know what you all think. Hang on. Is this the same guy that God spoke to in a bush? Or, hang on, is this the same guy who who God split the sea for? Or, hang on, is this the same guy where all the plagues came to Egypt so they could be set free? Notice the three points there again. I don't know if anyone was picking up on that. Three, remember. (laughs) But this isn't a case of greedy Moses. This is a case of a cry for glory. In verse 13, it says this. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. I'm going to go a bit Pentecostal now. Can I get an amen to that? There we go. (laughs) Moses would not go and lead a nation of people without God. I believe it's time for people to firstly call on the name of Lord, the Lord before we do anything. I feel it's time that we, as the current generation, have God upon us so that the next generation sees that we are people of God's glory. I feel we need to let the people outside this church building know that we are believers of God by first asking for his glory. Let us be the next generation to lead the next, and then from that generation to lead the next, and that generation to lead the next, and then that generation to lead the next, and so on and so on and so on, until every knee bows before the throne. But how, I hear some cry. Let's look at answering God, our second point. Look with me to verse 19. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Wow. Let's go Pentecostal again. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. There we go. (laughs) God's glory comes through his goodness his mercy, and his compassion. Let's look at the start of that verse that reveals God's goodness. It states that God will cause his goodness from his glory to be with us if we ask for it. What I find breathtaking is that we are so not worthy time after time after time because we sin. But when we ask for God's glory... He proclaims, it, he proclaims his name in our presence, and those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Compassion and mercy. The Lord has new mercies for us every day. The book of Romans sums this point up very well. And sometimes we just need to look in the book to find the answers. That's, that's like a bit of preaching for you there. But it says this. This is Romans 9, 15 to 17. This is Paul's writing. That's Romans 9, 15 to 17. It says this. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. 
It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Wow. Wow. Don't you want that? Don't you want our very purpose to be that God's name, that everyone hears it, that we be these vessels to proclaim God's name for our workplaces, for our schools, for our colleges, just through life. When I first was thinking about this, I thought you could separate goodness, mercy, and compassion, but the truth is you don't get one without the other. We call on his name and we get more than what we ever wanted because all his promises are yes and amen. I want to go even more into the Bible and then go back a bit and then go forward a bit and then go back a bit, then go into the New Testament and then go back a bit and then see where God wants me to end. Are we all still with me? (laughs) Okay, let's look a bit further ahead. Let's look at the God's transformation of Moses and how God's glory physically changed him. I'm reading from Exodus 34, 34 to 35. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the vow until he came out. And when he came out, he told the Israelites what he had been commanded. They saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the vow back over his face until he went to speak with the Lord. Let me just repeat this again. And when he came out, he told and told the Israelites what he had been commanded. They saw that his face was radiant. In the glory of God, Moses was physically changed. Are we the same? By our faith, we should be different. We should be changed. God should be so bright on our face that those on the distance can see that we are the believers of the Lord Almighty. For it was when God created man back in the beginning, back in Genesis, that there was this connection between us and him. Look at Genesis 2.7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. For it was God breathed his glory into us. And that's all I want to do. I want to worship. I want to give praise. I want to breathe back. Sometimes we've got to breathe back the glory of God. Do we take just a second to breathe back in our busyness of life? Because it was through God's glory that we were created that we should at least give something back. This connection that we have between God is so strong It's this intimacy and this relationship because God has done so much for me. God has done so much for us that we should breathe back because glory, it's us seeking and God providing, but it's also us providing and God seeking us out. Let's go back to Moses. This isn't the first time When people were changed by God's glory, now we're entering the New Testament, if you're keeping up. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Pentecost. 
when God's glory invaded the nation and the early church. We pick it up from Acts 2.2. Suddenly, a sound like blowing of a violent wind pulls. If you've got your Bible, underline, circle, asterisk, violent. The Spirit of God invades and it changes. It's not a gentle breeze. It's there to change. Came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in each other's tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Instead of God's glory just being on Moses, it was on everyone who was seated. The Spirit rested. Personally, I feel some churches are missing that. I feel some churches are missing this violent wind from heaven. I feel that some churches, they get caught up in, in just the business side of running a church. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with running a business side of a church because without that, then there is no church. But we must still be open to God because do we come to church to praise God or do we come because we feel guilty that we're not here? Do we come because we're afraid that someone's going to ring us up and be like, oh, hey, I didn't see you at church. Are you okay? Are we afraid to let that person into our life because we've missed one service? Because the whole reason we are here, and if you're not here, you've got to question it, because the whole reason we are here is to breathe back God's glory. That's the only reason. Because it's through God's presence and his kingdom, it was in this crowd. It's the weight of heaven that invaded. If we do not have this in a church where we see heaven invade, then it's not a church. It's not a church. We cannot lead by ourselves, but we can lead with God. We mustn't humanize a church. We mustn't. I hear two excuses for not tapping into God's glory, and those are, I'm either too old or I'm not worthy. Well, let's look at Moses, the, the great guy again. Let's look at Moses. Are we too old? No, because when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, he was 80. He was 8-0. <laughs> That's four times my age. <laughs> to some people, that might be three times your age, or two times your age, or even one times your age. Blessed are those who are one times that age. Okay, the glory will be upon you today. Amen. <laughs> because we are never too old to experience God's glory. Another is that we're not worthy. Well, we're not worthy. That's, that's the simple answer. But it does say in Romans 3, 23 to 24, it says this, For all, all, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through, Jesus, through Christ Jesus because Christ Jesus will leave the 99 and go after that one every time. I'm coming near the end of my talk, but first I want to read this piece from John and then talk about my final point at the end, 
and then we'll read something else, which will become clear later. But I want to start by reading this bit from John. If you have a Bible with red ink, you see that John's gospel is full of it. It's full of this red ink, because this is the last gospel before Jesus ascends to heaven, because Jesus needed to tell everything. He had so much to tell. He had even more to tell that he didn't tell, which I'd love to know what it is, but I will when I ascend. But it's, it's just so good. I want to read from John 17, 20 to 25. If you've got a Bible with like little titles on the top, it's entitled Prayer for All Believers. That's us. And it reads this. This is quite a big passage, so I'm going to read it. My prayer is not for them alone. That's the disciples who we just prayed for before. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be born in complete unity. I've got to take a drink, otherwise I'll burp. <laughs> then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved me, and, and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and see my glory, the glory you have given me because you have loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love, that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Let us be one with God through Jesus as we have been given this unity. And I still feel that some of us don't take this unity. Our goal, oh, it's to walk like Jesus. It's to do even more things than what Jesus could ever do because he says at the end of John that we're going to do more things and greater things. And to have that, it all needs to come through the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God's glory. Because unity, it means to be in sync with something. I pray that if we have something on that miracle list that I spoke about earlier, that we declare the name of Jesus over it and God's glory radically changes it. I now want to move on to my final point, point three. We had questioning Moses and extended answering God. And now we come to but. Exodus 33:20. Know this, God's but is the biggest but in the Bible, Amen. Amen. Because I tell you this, because in the Bible, if you get words like but, suddenly, furthermore, like all these words that change, they're great things. But when I first started this service, truly I wanted to miss out this verse because I didn't understand it. But then God spoke to me, and I feel this verse is important. Exodus 33.20 says, but, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. I wanted to cherry pick this Bible verse and stop at verse 19. And I find that probably most of us do this, is that we cherry pick Bible verses to suit our situation. 
and we don't just read the whole context. Because either that verse challenges us and we don't agree with it, so we just miss it out altogether. But it wasn't until God gave me this. If someone says, in most circumstances, you can't do something, then don't you want to do it? You want to see what they don't want you to do. I feel God told Moses this in a way that Moses would seek. Because I don't know about you, but I want to look on my creator. I want to see God in full. When I am no longer of this world, I can stare into those eyes all I want, but when I'm still living, I continually want to seek. It's like a music box. It may be decorated so greatly on the outside with engravings and decoration, but a music box is just a box if you don't open it. We have to open to hear the music. We have to seek to see God's glory. To keep it topical, what good is a firework called Crackling Comet if you don't ignite it? I want to end with this, but there's something I want to read after, so you could just keep the recording running. Cool. <laughs> In Matthew, the disciples ask Jesus how they should pray, and he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. But this isn't a prayer that the Lord would speak, because it says, forgive us our sins, and Jesus never sinned. So this is a prayer for us. It says this in Matthew, it's, so here's the thing, I wrote down the verse, but I didn't write down the book, so this is, this is in Matthew, it says this, this is then, is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts. As we, for, as, we, as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is how we should pray all the time. Notice verse 10. Your kingdom come. God's kingdom includes God's glory and God's Holy Spirit. We must become daily glory seekers. When we fully see God's kingdom invade earth, it will be fruitful. And now I want to come to something that I want to just read quickly. When I was baptized 10 years ago, Brian wrote me a letter. And it was with, I, had, I asked permission for Doreen if I could read it. And she said I could. So I want to read something from Brian's letter that I feel could impact the church in the current season that we're at. As you grow older, you will find that uh, yeah. As you grow older, you'll find that the pattern of Christian worship will change. From my early day, people used to dress much smarter in church on a Sunday. We used to sing hymns from a book rather than songs, and the music was provided by an organist rather than a music group. The service was quieter and less relaxed. Some of us oldies find it hard and find it a bit difficult to adjust to the new concepts. But we must remember that the pattern of worship is not laid down in the scripture. It is, a it is a movable feat, and we must change our format to suit the new generation, or the church will not attract new people and will, rap and will rapidly decline in numbers. 
As far as dress is concerned, it is important that we are on the inside, not outward appearances. When I was young, I looked up to my Bible class leader and a number of other Christians who I had great respect for and hung on their every word. I thought they were marvelous people. Over the passage of time, and as I have grown up and older and wiser, I have found that I do not always agree with everything they say and do. One of two of them have let me down in the past. If I had just put my faith in other Christians, I think that I may have grown old in my faith and stopped coming to church. If you forget everything else, it is of vital importance that you put your faith in Jesus Christ, who is perfect, rather us, imperfect Christians, and read and study scriptures regularly. Shall we pray? Shall we put our our hand over our heart while we pray? God, show us your glory. Let your glory invade our lives. This church, this nation, let us be the lights for your kingdom to further enhance it. Lord, I pray that we make any bad season that we may be going through a good season through, the, through your glory and through your Holy Spirit. Lord, let your spirit invade this church now like a violent wind, Lord. So we want a violent wind for your spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.